Did you know that it's possible to raise your littles to want to listen to you without the use of consequences, rewards, and bribes? Hi, I'm Kaylee Zeyer, and this is the Chaos to Connected podcast, where we discuss simple yet effective parenting strategies to manage those pesky behaviors we go to bed at night hoping will be gone tomorrow. We're going to stand up to societal norms of disconnection, shaming, and punishments so we can take a deeper look into our child's heart. It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Hey friends, today I want to talk about three things that we tend to do subconsciously that keeps our kids from actually releasing their feelings and emotions. A lot of times I feel like I will maybe post a poll in my stories or ask certain questions about whether or not people are okay with their child's behavior or listening to crying. And a lot of times people will say yes. But what I really wonder is how much are we actually listening to them versus just um, doing these three things that I'm about to talk about that kind of... um, compress or keep the behaviors at bay versus allowing kids to fully open the floodgates and let them out. Now, if you do any of these, that's totally normal, common. I still catch myself doing them. It's just ingrained in us. So I just wanted to share them because as I sit through feelings, I just often my mind wanders (laughs) to these different things. And I just wanted to give you something to remind yourself as you're engaging in these meltdowns or tantrums or you're supporting your child or you're coming across them, I want to give you a few um, different perspectives on the way you handle them to see if, if you're doing any of these things. And if so, then you can take time to address them. The first one is we try to immediately distract Once your eyes are open to this, you will see it everywhere. So as soon as your child starts crying or they fall or, you know, somebody does something to them, we're automatically like, oh, do you want this toy over here? Or or even separation, you know, you're leaving your child at school or daycare or something. And our automatic response is to try to distract them away from the feelings they're about to have so that we don't have to sit through them. We might not be thinking that, but that's what our brain is going to. Like, let's do the easier choice so that we don't have to work so hard at all these other things. And so that could be like, oh, come over here. Oh, do you see that out the window? Oh, how about we play with this? Or we can do this. That is just distracting them from what they're trying to process or what they're about to. Now, this is a little bit different than when we're talking about play listening and we're promoting our child to play through their feelings. So there is a distinguishing factor there. Number two, we give choices upon choices upon choices. Now, there is great opportunity to give your child choices, but I think a lot of times when our child is in that place between like doing what we're asking and having a full-blown meltdown, we're trying to keep them at bay, like, oh, maybe if we give them this choice, it'll settle them down. Maybe if this, if they choose this, or if they have this opportunity. And all that's really doing is stopping, or, um, sorry, not stopping, but 
extending that wait period between having the meltdown. Because when kids are trying to control what you're doing, so maybe you're giving choices because you think that it's going to help them. In that place, they are probably already overwhelmed. Then you're adding in choices for them to make. Think about yourself when you're feeling overwhelmed or stressed or you've had a long day and your husband says, well, what do you want for supper? (laughs) Or what about this? Or what about this? And you're like, I can't make any more decisions. Just choose. Is anyone else like that? And when our children are in this place, that's often our go-to is let's help them get what they want, um, you know, provided whatever choice we were controlling the choices, but we're giving them the control and making a choice. When they're in that middle ground between, you know, likely about to have a meltdown and we're kind of trying to control that, that's too much for them. And it's also just trying for ourselves to stop the meltdown, it's just another way to do that. When we could just either not give choices or set a firm boundary and just let the feelings come out. And I think a lot of times we do these things not necessarily intentionally. They just kind of happen because we know that it's hard to sit through big feelings. It's hard patience-wise, our own self-control, maybe time. But inevitably... They just have feelings that they need to release and adding in more choices when they're already overwhelmed isn't actually going to benefit either of you. And number three, initiating a calming activity or a comfort item immediately. So I think that there is certainly a time and a place to utilize comfort items and to utilize calming activities. I mean, hello, I'm a pediatric occupational therapist. We talk a lot about self-regulation, a lot about how to implement calming activities. But one thing that I think we need to start thinking about is, are we automatically giving, you know, our toddler our, I don't know, what do you call between a baby and a toddler? (laughs) Are we giving whatever, uh, a tabby, I feel like I've heard it called, are we giving them a nook immediately? Are we giving them their blanket immediately or are we automatically jumping into, okay, you need to take deep breaths because while I think there's a place for all of those things, I think we also need to make room for our children to actually have emotions because if we're just putting in the nook, if we're just saying, okay, now take deep breaths, what we're doing is we're not allowing those feelings to come out. We're suppressing them even more. So I think there's a fine balance between allow your child to have feelings and then once they've kind of expressed things and things are shifting back down, like if you think of it as a bell curve, we're going up that bell curve, that like peak at the top is the huge meltdown, the release of feelings. And then as we're coming down and needing to kind of decompress and um, fully get back to our regulated state, that downside is where I would, you know, initiate the comfort item or the calming activity so that they've actually had a chance to release those stored up feelings. Because if you immediately go to, you know, oh, let's go blow bubbles or, oh, here's your nook or whatever it might be, those feelings aren't getting a chance to come out. And so later on, whenever there's a catalyst or limit that you're setting, there's going to be a lot more there to release. And if that's what you need in that moment, that's fine. But just a realization that at some point, these feelings have to come out if we don't want them to be stuck in their bodies. And kids will 
continuously try to release them until they've gotten to a point where they recognize that it's not safe to do that. And so the sooner you can just like plow through, allow the feelings to come out, the sooner things will move along. So I hope that gave you some clarity and just an idea of things to be watching for as you're coming into contact with um, behaviors and maybe even how you jump to dealing with them. And if you have any questions, I'd love for you to let let me know, email, or go send me a message over on Instagram. If you have any podcast topics you'd like to hear, I'd love for you to share those as well. And if this was helpful for you, I would love for you to go and leave a review. A written one is always awesome. And if you go ahead and leave a written review, I like to randomly send out some fun um, coffee dates, options, <laughs> whatever you call it, to send you a little Venmo gift, um, just as a thank you for taking time out of your schedule to do that. So I would love if you would do that. Just go to the Apple podcast app, look for my show, scroll all the way down and it's right there. Simple and easy for you. I only say that now because I literally had no idea that's how simple it was. <laughs> when people would ask for reviews, I would think like it's this huge long process of clicking through all the stuff and it's really not. So if you feel called to do that, I would love that. Feel free to take a screenshot and share it in your stories and tag me. However you want to share it, I would just love to continue to help parents feel equipped in handling and managing behaviors. So now go on and get connected. Real quick before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors. You can also take a screenshot of this episode, share it over on your Instagram stories and take me at Kaylee Josiah. And we'll all do a little happy dance together. I love nothing more than to cheer you on along this journey. This work is so hard, but don't forget, God has not only called you to it, but he has equipped you for it. Now go get connected. I'll see you next week.